This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. done for us um, and to just bring back to him just something just to be able to say thank you for all that he's given to us and and really as we celebrate as we just give thanks to God for that for the harvest for all that he's doing for us we just raise up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that he was willing to give his very best for each one of us and that this morning is what we're going to have a look at what we're going to celebrate together and we're going to see what the Lord's got to say to us through his word First of all, you might have noticed that um, during harvest time, because we, we, we're a little bit detached from it, aren't we? Unless you've got an allotment or a big garden with uh, lots of produce in it, we're detached a little bit from the harvest because really all we need to do is go to Morrison's or Aldi or Lidl or Asda, and it doesn't really matter what time of year it is, we can pretty much get whatever we want whenever we want it, even if that's a McDonald's. I mean, you've got 500 million restaurants to choose from. (laughs) But um, if you've done any travelling whatsoever over the past few months, you'll have noticed that there are a considerable number of tractors, combine harvesters, all those things that you don't normally see are in the way. Anybody notice that? They are in the way. Lord, I'm thankful for the harvest, not for the tractor. You know what I mean? You're trying to be on time somewhere and there's a tractor in the way. You know, anyway, I'm not moaning, I'm just saying. So, of course, you know, most of our harvesting, as we've said, is done by these big machines. It's not one man picking the veg anymore. It is done in huge quantities. If you've seen the combine harvester, I mean, they are massive pieces of engineering. And they go out there, and what always amazes me with a combine harvester, they are picking the smallest thing off the top of a long ear, and you think to yourself, how is that even possible? It's massive. It weighs a lot of weight. I mean, we'll, I'll get Kev to guess, but <laughs> I'm, I only do it because he's my brother. Sorry, Kev. <laughs> but, uh, but the principle of harvesting is still the same as it was back in the day. You plough the field, you plant the seed, you tend to it, and then, if you've done your job well enough, and the weather has been nice to you, then you harvest when it's ready. In fact, it hasn't changed in theory at all. In practice, it's changed, but in theory, it hasn't changed at all. Right back in Genesis chapter 4, if you have your Bibles with you, just in the first few verses of Genesis chapter 4, we get to see these two characters, which you'll know about, I'm sure, Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve's first boys. Now, these two find themselves doing their daily work, looking after flocks, growing produce, and Hopefully, prayerfully, we may see something different in a moment, but remembering where it all comes from. Remembering where it all comes from. We're giving thanks today for all that God has provided for us, for the food we have. And mostly, as I've said, we just go and collect it with an exchange of a lot of money nowadays, as I've noticed. 
I went shopping um, on Friday. Um, we've had this experience before in our house where I go shopping um, with a list. Needless to say, I was banned last time, but Lolly wasn't very well this time. So she was like, well, you go shopping. I just need a few bits. Just get what's on the list. No problem at all. It didn't go well. <laughs> didn't go well. Needless to say, if you do want any uh, figs or dates, um, if you want anything of a sweet nature, anything gluten-free, um, gluten-free flour, um, if you want some gluten-free um, you know, buns, things like as is the house. For, what, for whatever reason, it fell into the trolley, and now it is at home. Um, so come around and see us, and we'll, uh, we'll stock you up. Um, but you see, we now, as I've said, exchange money for what we get, and we get whatever we want, whenever we want. And really, what we have to understand is, as times have changed, our first fruit essentially becomes the finance that we have. Um, with these two guys, their first fruit was in fact the produce that they were involved with, um, the things that they were growing, the things that they were doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And the, again, the theory isn't any different. The practice has changed, but the theory is exactly the same. That ultimately God asks us, as he did right in the very beginning, um, for us to be willing to give of our first and our best. That's the, that's the, the story here as we're going to unlock. That God asks of us to give of our first and our best. Why? Well, the question is why. And you could say, well, there's a million reasons, I suppose. And you could make up all sorts of different things. But really, the truth is, is that it's about the heart's position before God. Why does he demand our first and our best? Well, he does, because that helps me to stop my heart becoming conceited and proud and saying, look at what I've done. Look at what I've achieved. Like I could do anything on my own merit. And we forget, and, and the world so often discounts God's input in all that we've got. So as a church, we want to go back to that and to celebrate that, even though I guess as times have changed, we can still, can't we, understand that everything we have is because God has given it to us. Everything is from him. And really, we should be applying that in its absolute still today. It doesn't change. The Bible calls it, um, and this is where you'll all switch off, tithing. <laughs> now, I'm not going to get into it because you all know uh, and understand about giving your first and the best, but I'm sure that we're all doing it. And more than that, we're not just doing it out of duty, but we're doing it because our heart says that that's the right thing to do. And there's a big difference. And the story now with Cain and Abel, well, that really shows this in its clearest form. That was the issue here. It wasn't a produce issue. It was a heart issue. And as we just have a look at verse 2 through 5, just see what it says here. Now, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel bought the portions from uh, bought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock the lord looked with favor on abel and his offering but on cain and his offering 
He did not look with favor. And you could say, well, maybe the Lord liked lamb. Maybe he had a, a, an overflow of mint sauce. Or maybe you could look at this and say, well, actually, it's the position of the heart. And when we look at the position of the heart, and when we read that again, because it's easy to miss, that both of them bring something to the Lord. That's brilliant, isn't it? What's wrong with that? Both of them are bringing something to the Lord. They're bringing their offering. But it appears like Cain sort of, well, he, he, he has a look round and he's like, that'll do. And sort of throws it at the Lord, you know. I've done my bit. Whereas, I shouldn't have touched this because now I'll be in trouble. <laughs> Whereas Abel, just listen to what it says. It says in verse 4, But Abel brought fat portions from some of his firstborn of his flock. You see, Abel bought his first and his best. Cain, on the other hand, bought what he grabbed as he was running out of the house. But Abel bought his first and his best, both are offerings, yes, but only one of them was, as we saw last week, as we had the dedication, was looking past the gift and praising the giver. It's very easy, isn't it, to view everything around us as just stuff, things. It's what we have. It's what we do. If I go to the shop, the fridge is full. It is what it is. But rather, we forget that all of those things are because the Lord has given them to us. And they are gifts from the Lord. Everything that we have is because he's seen fit to bless us with it. So we have to have that heart and that mindset that says, yeah, they're both offerings, but actually only one of them is looking past the gift and praising the giver. And we also know, because we've looked at the Bible before and we've heard about this sort of thing, we know that an offering was bought for dealing with sin. And for that, the Bible says, there is no other way, but there has to be bloodshed. Sounds really fierce. Sounds a little bit harsh. But the truth is that there has to be the shedding of blood for the remission of sin, for the sin to be dealt with. And naturally, as we look in this very first depiction of what's happening with mankind and society, we have one lamb for one man. Very simple. It's not complicated, it's really simple. One lamb, one man. Sin is atoned for. Blood is shed, and therefore, in this instance, it was to cover sin. Now, you'd looked at that story, and you wondered where the gospel was. There's the gospel. You see, because we like Cain and Abel, well, we have sinned. But the good news is that God has dealt with that sin. How has he dealt with it? Well, with his second and almost? With his it'll do? With his, well, I'll just bring what I can? They don't deserve it anyway. No. You see, what God has actually done has given us his very first and his very best. You see the pattern? God lays it out for us. It's not difficult to see, but when we look at it with our eyes closed, we miss it. And I'm not saying you do that, 
But I'm saying we, on a whole, as the world, so often look at things with our eyes shut and we miss what God's saying to us. He says, look, I've given you my first and my best. So therefore, you see the pattern. God doesn't ask us of anything that he isn't willing to do himself. He has given his first and his best in Jesus Christ. The theory of forgiveness then, like the harvest, has not changed. Did you hear what I said? The theory of forgiveness, remember there has to be shedding of blood, one man, one lamb. The theory of forgiveness, like the harvest, has not changed. One man, one harvest. It just got a lot bigger. As you go through the Bible, it tells us of these things that happen with God's people, Israel. One lamb saves a man. Then one lamb saves a household. You remember the Passover story? Paint the blood over the doorpost and the angel of death will pass over the house. So one lamb then saves a household. And then on the day of atonement, if you have a look in Leviticus 16, those that will go away and just find out a little bit more, one lamb was enough then for a nation. And finally, is available through the Lamb of God, salvation for the whole world. That through the Lamb of God, God's first, God's best, that salvation is available for the whole world. That means you, and that means me. That means all of us in here. And you might sit there and think, well, I haven't done anything wrong. Let me tell you, the Bible says that we are all sinners. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. And here we have the opportunity. In John 1.29, is declared this. It is Christ who takes away the sin of the world. John declares it is Christ who takes away the sin of the world. We have the opportunity, because God gave of his first and his best in Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity at life, salvation, to be free from the sin. I, I learned something a few weeks ago, and it's important for me to share with you. I, I've often said from the front, I'm a sinner, but a sinner saved by grace. And that sounds so right, doesn't it? The truth is, I'm not a sinner. You see, I have sinned. And Christ has dealt with that. I'm no longer a sinner. I am a son of the Most High God. You see how it's easy to listen, but not really think about it. I still sin. Don't get me wrong. I still sin. But I am a son of the Most High God, as you are a son or a daughter. If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the sin is done with. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm saved, redeemed, set free. And we have that same assurance and promise if we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ to say today's done. Let's draw a line under the old self. Let's draw a line under the old order of things. And let's put our faith and trust in Christ. He's given his first and his best for me. And now I have the opportunity to say, Lord, I want to step into that. And I can say, behold, it's Christ who takes away the sin of the world. Look at all that he's given to us. You know, just look around you, just think about your own life, your own walk, and look at what God has done for you. And when we think about that, we see it's love that knows no bounds. 
The word tells us in Luke 10 and verse 2, says this, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus draws the analogy between the harvest and all that needs to be done. And there's so much work to do, so much things, so much effort to be put in, in order for the harvest to be brought in. And he says, look, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And the question is this morning, if we've put our faith and our trust in Christ, are we willing to step into that position where we are sharing the truth? We are sharing life with those around about us and we are telling people about Jesus Christ. We have a saviour who has given his first and his best for each one of us. So what we have to do this morning is we have to get our heart right before the Lord. And then if we're to do that, we're to think on, Lord, what would you have me do? And the Bible tells us in Matthew 28, go out into all the world and preach the gospel. To share the good news about Jesus Christ. That's what he's called us to do. To love people and to share the good news. And as we look on what God has done for us in his first and his best, Let's operate in that same mindset and that same position of our heart on bended knee that says, Lord, I want to give you of my first and my best. And know then that God will do the rest. We have a wonderful Savior whose name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's just pray. Lord, this morning, as we have seen from this story of Cain and Abel, We've seen, Lord God, how it's so easy to look like we're doing the right thing, but actually, Lord, for our heart to be in the wrong place, in the wrong position. And Lord, our prayer is that as a church, that you would help us to have in our hearts and our minds set on the same goal. Father, to bring glory to you. That, Father, as we've talked about, as we've looked at over the past few weeks and months, to live open-handed, knowing that you're a God who provides. Your very name is the great provider. And, Father, this morning we thank you for all your provision. We thank you, Father, for that wonderful gift, the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was given for each one of us. And, Father, I pray this morning that if there's any in here that don't yet know you as Lord and Savior, that, Father, that their hearts would be ready and that their hearts would have received the word this morning. That, Father, the seed might be planted, the seed might grow, and, Father, that lives might be changed. That's what we ask for, Lord. That's what we pray. And we know, Lord, as we bring those things to you, that you will do what needs to be done. So, Lord, we just lift your name high. We worship you together now. And as we close, Lord, as we worship together, we ask that you would just bless us now And we thank you for all that you've given to us. And Lord, we want to give our first and our best back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.